you know and now mind you i'm i'm, I'm not one of these big uh kick the ginger fires out of here they change they're making everything worse stuff like that i'm not all that i'm all about inclusion because at the end of the day we're all immigrants in this country nobody is a really like you know what i mean nobody really has a stake here except for the natives that was motivational speaker uncle damien i'm jeff and this is storied san francisco Every week on this podcast, you'll hear from community leaders, musicians, bartenders, and San Franciscans from all walks of life, telling stories, sharing personal histories, and trying to put into words what makes this city so special. Welcome to episode 38, part one. In this podcast, Damien talks about his life leading up to his becoming Uncle Damien. He lacked positive male influences when he was a kid in San Francisco, and, as he freely admits, he got into a lot of trouble. But perhaps because of those bad decisions and the awakenings they later inspired in his life, he became who he is today. Here's Uncle Damien. I'm Uncle Damien because I think that's why we connected, because I was in my Uncle Damien zone, you know what I mean? But I am Damien Posey, Damien Charles Posey affectionately known in the community as Uncle Damien. Just a community uh, uncle. Trying to get back, trying to be that good, positive uncle that any and everybody needs, especially the youth. You know, I know when I was growing up, I would have preferred to be a, uh, to have a stronger father figure at all. But I know a good uncle would have helped out as well. And unfortunately, I can't be everybody's father. You know what I mean? But I can be everybody's uncle. You know what I mean? Because I'm going, you don't, you don't have to have that much responsibility. You but come you, around, right? Yeah, you got some responsibility, but you just the uncle, and and that, and, and you know, not to be, not that I'm lazy or anything. It just gives me the opportunity to be able to spread the love to everyone. You know. You told me you were born and raised General Hospital. Born and raised San Francisco, man, all my life General Hospital. Uh, 9/11, 1978, to um, Miss Renee Posey, my mother. She was 16 years old at the time. Uh, pushing me out you know what I mean um, so yeah man G- General Hospital and I've been here predominantly all my life my little sister was born in St. Luke's so where um, my people are from Texas and Baton Rouge you know where in Texas I'm not a hundred percent sure maybe closer to Louisiana that that right area. yeah 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 probably you know what I'm saying uh, my, my great-grandmother's from Texas I know that but I know uh, you know Majority of my family's from Baton Rouge. I just I just went down there. My little sister lives there uh, back now, and she just had a, a, a little girl, my little niece. So you're a you real know? uncle too. Oh, oh yeah, I'm definitely a real uncle. Yeah, yeah. She's got she's got two kids. Okay. <laughs> you know, so uh, so yeah, so our family's from Baton Rouge, but we consider ourselves San Franciscans, pure and true. Went to school, Magateer High School. Um, Went to several little middle schools. Um, Roosevelt is the one that I remember the most. Roosevelt and with the Gene Parker and with the Edison. Uh, my like I said, my mother was young when she had me, so um, housing was not that stable. You know, we stayed with my grandmother sometimes in Daly City. You know, um, stay with stay with my grandmother sometimes in Daly City, and um, you know, but the majority is in San Francisco with the school. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of time in juvenile hall, <laughs> YGC. You've got in center, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but I'm assuming we'll get into that a little sure, bit. But yeah, sure. definitely San Francisco native, 
tatted up 49er Giants all that you know what I mean nice all that yeah <laughs> I was gonna ask you about some of that stuff because growing oh, yeah. up so, so you grew up in the 80s and 90s sounds like you're yeah, I was born in 78 yeah yeah mm-hmm. what was it like man back when nobody wanted Warriors tickets now you can't get them you know what I mean they used to come so I, I predominantly grew up in um uh the Bayview Hunters Point Fillmore district even though I, I lived all over um um, but yeah, it was pretty. Um, it's different than from what it is now. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, of course, a single parent household, so we didn't have always have all of the necessities that we had. Um, definitely was on um, welfare. My mother trying to raise two kids on her own. Uh, my sister was born two years after me, so we were both young. You know, and it's funny. My little sister did the same thing. She had a, her, a boy, my nephew Fernando, and when he was two years old, then she had her, my other niece, her daughter. So she's got the same scenario as me and her. You know, but she's created a beautiful family for herself. So you know, um, but yeah, it was. Um, what kind of things did you and uh, you and your family or you, you and your friends do? back growing up that you feel like you know might be gone or you can't do now hmm. well growing up in the hood it wasn't a whole lot to do a lot of outside playing uh with nothing <laughs> you know what i mean just making up games on your own we had some stuff you know uh but like i said we moved around a lot me and my mom and my little sister we moved around a lot uh a lot of the time my little sister stayed with my grandparents because she was a girl she's a female so i think they were a little bit more worried about her uh in our unstability as me being a boy i'm more rough and tumble so i'm just like rolling with the punches with my mom and you know she was young you know she likes to always say we grew up together you know because i think she made uh a lot of you know decisions that she probably would not make today when she was younger you know, I went through a phase where, like, you know, I faltered her for a lot of stuff. But I, I grew out of that, especially being a parent now myself. I have a daughter, so I understand being a parent is not that easy. And, you know, she did the best she could with, with what she had and with her knowledge, you know. But growing up, like, you know, the fun center's gone downtown. I used to go downtown a lot. The fun center's gone nowhere for the kids really to openly play video games. You know, that was big for us. How did you get downtown when you went there, like, 15-3rd, man, the 15-3rd, baby, all the time. Because, see, I used to try to hang out in the hood and different stuff and on the blocks and stuff, you know. And, you know, my mom and my auntie, they used to, like, they were, like, I didn't even have to worry about the police. I had to worry about them, you know what I'm saying, chasing me around and trying to keep me out of trouble, you know, at times. When she wasn't there getting into her own trouble, my mom, and you know, and she was on me. Uh, so I used to not be able to hang around in Hunter's Point as much so I used to catch the bus downtown uh, hop on the back of the bus then you know hop on the back of the bus go go back for some change when I was younger back for some change get that money and play video games as I got older where was Fun Center I don't think I've heard of that it was on Market Street between 6th and 7th okay it's like a big just a big arcade like just a big it was like a a huge garage full of video games awesome. about like 75 to 80 video games in there and just like, it was a like, it was a torture for the stores on Market Street and for the police and schools because all the kids used to cut school and go there. Even though I had a rule like you had to be a certain age, but 
wasn't nobody paying attention. They had that little attendance there. They couldn't. It's like it's nothing you can do when you got a group of rowdy kids mm-hmm. really trying to, you know. But that's where all the truant officers used to go first, mm-hmm. like to look for the kids and stuff down there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the fun center was real uh, a memorable for me. What a cool name too. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I want to hang out at the fun center. Right. Yeah, just hang out. Hung out a lot on Geneva and Mission. You know, just like you know, in like my uh, quote unquote gang banging days. Stuff like that. Uh, I actually got shot on uh, Geneva Mission when I was 13 years old. You know, just turned 13 and everything. Do you want to talk? Like, what happened? If I can. Ask? Um. So, I used to hang on Geneva, and there was a. We used to have a crew called GMP Geneva Mission Posse. It was kind of like a mashup of youngsters who kind of lived in that area, and some didn't. Some came from other places, and just was like you know, finding their way some older guys and we used to like uh we used to like beef with these uh with a, a couple other crews and one of them was a vigilante crew was a filipino gang in the delhi city area uh because we were clicked up but they were supposed to be like asian crips and then we were like clicked up with some asian bloods rpb real Pinoy bloods out of delhi city um so yeah so one day uh they came through blasting, man. I was out, outside, out front one night, and, you know, it wasn't direct. I got skimmed. Like, I didn't even know I was hit till I got home. I never even really, like, told my mom or anybody. Like, I was like, oh, no. I was more scared of her whipping my butt than getting shot. You, you know said, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. So not afraid of cops or <laughs> right, no, bullets no. skimming your my mom would whoop that ass for real. I don't know if I can curse. I apologize. You just but, did, right? <laughs> no, you can't for sure. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, she'll get, and it's like you know, through all her you know youth, she did her best to try to to raise us to the best of her knowledge, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, that happened. I don't remember the exact date, but I know that bullet hole is still in the window. If you Anybody on this podcast wants to go check to see if I'm lying. <laughs> There's a bullet hole in the window. Bravo Pizza right there on Geneva Mission. They just didn't bother getting it fixed. Nah, they just put like two plexiglasses over the bullet hole. Like, you know what I mean? So, uh, and there's another one on the side, uh, on the ground. I think that was the bullet that, that hit me, you know, because we all just like skirmished inside the Bravos on the ground. And, yep. you know, then he ran away. He was another, I know the guy, he was. He was another young kid. We were just misguided, undecided, man, just, you know, uh, thriving off our pain. And now that I'm older, I understand, you know, it's brown people because he was a Filipino uh, individual, just like, you know, dealing with whatever trauma was in his life, you know, and taking it out in a, in a way on someone else like I've done because, you know, hurt people hurt people. And now that I've healed, you know, heal people heal people. That must have been, if you were 13, that must have been around 91 or so. Mm-hmm. Were you here for 89 for the earthquake? I definitely was here for the earthquake. Let's talk about it. I was uh, I was at a little football practice at Lincoln Park. I was actually in Delhi City visiting my grandparents because uh, I played on a little uh, football team out there. Uh, and um, I was going up for a pass, and then the ground just started shaking. And then the ball just hit me in my chest, and then it was just like, I didn't understand what was happening. I just knew it was shaking, and I'm like, I'm seeing these light poles like these huge, larger-than-life light poles are like swaying, dang near hitting the ground, like back and forth like a seesaw. And just people are running and crying. It just was shaking, and I just start like kind of like hyperventilating, you know, and, and I just was scared. It was like, you know, I was a kid. 
So it was just like the world's coming to an end. It's over. And I was thinking about my mom. And I was thinking about my little sister because she was right around there. We were all at the park. And, you know, things were just shaking and it was just crazy. And then when it stopped and I was still alive, I just started running home. And it's crazy because I started running home and I ran past my sister. She was hiding under a car. And she called my name. She's like, Damien. And I go back and I look. And I came back and I went and got her. I was like, come on. And then we ran to the house. And it was just like crazy. And there was like... A few little aftershocks after, if I can remember. Um, but I know that we had went into my grandmother's house, and she had this big oak table, um, and she made us get under the table, you know. And we were under there for a while, and like the last round, we were trying to get a hold of my mom, and she was at work, and she. Um, this is the first time I said. Hope she don't, she don't get mad, but I don't care. If she do. She was a phone sex operator, my mom, because she's got a beautiful voice, and. Um, she, I can't remember, no phones, the phones weren't working or anything like that. So I don't know, somehow, some way we had got in contact with her, she was okay. But then when she got home and then she came home, she was telling us about how her building she was in, like the whole building was swaying and rocking back and forth. She was seeing that. And now that, you know, after I started really thinking, you know, about, because I was looking around, like, seeing to see what's going on. Like, I seen the light pole swaying and I'm at a park, so like the park the sand was kicking up, all the park structures were swaying, and the houses, and then I started seeing a bunch of stuff, and it was just like, it was incredible. It was, it was definitely like, you know, nothing I've ever felt before until that next earthquake. I was gonna say, <laughs> right. after the first one, and then you're, but then you're like, okay, we made it, but you don't know what's coming next. You don't know you what's coming next. You have that anxious next. feeling. Right, like, we, we were definitely, I remember being scared that whole night, like that whole, that whole night, like you don't know what's gonna happen. I think there were a few little aftershocks after that, nothing too major. But I mean, remember, I remember getting to the house and my grandparents, they were like, they were old school. So they had a lot of those like uh, porcelain figurines and stuff like that. A lot of that stuff fell. You know what I mean? Uh, my grandmother had a lot of plants and stuff like that. A lot of stuff it was messed up. The house was trashed. You know what I mean? The house was trash. Your grandparents' house? In my grandparents' Man. house. At that time, I believe we, we were staying with them at that time because... You know, we, we moved around a lot. I do want to hear more big. about your youth if you got anything. But but because we went to 13, I was doing the math. Right, I was yeah, like, yeah, let's yeah. talk about 89. Yeah, no, yeah. I'd like to hear about 89 So, you know, as, as a kid coming, like I said, I moved around a lot. So I, I've been blessed to experience a lot of the city. Um, when we were young, uh, we lived in Valencia Gardens. Uh, the, the projects lived in Alice Griffith, Double Rock Projects. Lived in, um, in West Point. Um, in, in the projects and you know I remember the city being um, oh it has always been you know uh, difficulties and violence and stuff like that but there was also like a sense of love it was a sense of you know San Francisco togetherness to a certain degree that's kind of been lost you know, and now mind you, I'm I'm, I'm not one of these big uh, kick the ginger fires out of here. They change, they making everything worse, stuff like that. I'm not all that. I'm all about inclusion because at the end of the day, we're all immigrants in this country. Nobody is a really like you know what I mean. Nobody really has a stake here except for the natives. You know, um, so. Um, but I do remember, um, you know, a time where you know. The traffic wasn't as bad, 
you know the the bus system the buses weren't as crowded you know um you didn't have to worry about as much it wasn't as much desperation as it is now to survive you know um you know um but there are but, but even with that there's a lot more programs now that i remember there not being a lot of programs in the city you know especially for youth especially youth from uh low-income families you know um only program i i can remember really like you know for the help families and stuff like that maybe i was too young and didn't know it was like the welfare you know you're talking about my youth i remember standing in them long lines to get uh the free food and the food stamps and stuff of that nature you know that's coming from the government though like yeah now, now right, i think yeah. what you're talking about is there, there's more like non-profit groups right yeah now there's no more non-profit groups you know what i mean giving back to and, the community and, and i think yourself. right and i think that was birthed out of my generation and the generation after me you know stuff like that was birthed out of that for the necessity of that mm-hmm. like you know and that's one of the reasons why i do what i do now because i knew i know what i needed when i was at that age you know to help guide me and stuff of that nature and help build community you know uh i remember the schools being a little bit more um loose if, if i was saying like in, you know more more open things are more tight now because of course you know back then you didn't have that many like school shootings and mass shootings and stuff like that you know so you definitely i definitely see the change you know san francisco has always been like you know you know we had a huge if you know your history you had a huge hippie inflection and generation so you know it's always been some love that's why uh our um homosexual brothers and sisters felt comfortable coming out and creating a whole community here in San Francisco like no place else in the world you know because there was that 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 aspect of love in San Francisco I think you know it was, what I mean mu- it was music it was art it was right. poetry right. writing like it right. was yeah it was a culture now people like Harvey Milk not afraid to stand out see that's the whole collective of San Francisco like you got that you got that love and the art and all that stuff but at the same time you also got gangster like you know what I mean you know because and that, that's San Francisco like somebody might get it misconstrued from that's not from here and think it's all about the happy you know what I mean? But, you know, it come to certain parts of San Francisco, you get your, your wig split. You know what I mean? It's not no joke. This is you know why, what I mean? This is why the podcast is called Storied. Right, yeah. It's a double meaning, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, like anywhere, it's a rich, complicated Right. So let, so let me tell you a story, then. Please do. And let me um, apologize ahead of time to any of my friends in the Castro community. But, you know... When when I was young, as a young brothers do, I was misunderstood, misguided about certain things. We don't under, certain things you don't understand, and like you know certain things you don't understand with anything. You know you either afraid of it or you know you just don't understand it. So anyway, you know that used to be one of the things you know like the young homies from used to do like go to that area, and you know because we're poor, we're trying to get money, we don't know. We, you know, big homies tell us, you know, to rob, steal, stuff of that nature. So we go over there, you know, in anticipation to try to, like, rob somebody or something like that. And, like, you know, let's just say every every individual is not created equal. You know what I mean? You know, you got three, four young uh, black dudes from the hood. You know, you think, you know, 
ignorant think you can take on the world. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we get this one dude, we can rob him, take his money. To say the least, we ran up on the wrong gay brother. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he whooped our ass. Wow. You know what I'm saying? It was four of us. Like, but we were kids. He was a grown man. We were How trying to gather him. About about thirteen, okay. about thirteen, fourteen, give or take. I think it was like, yeah, I was before. It was before I went to the ranch because I was still kind of small because I didn't really like get my size on me till I went to to the log cabin boys ranch. So it was kind of like before, kind of like before then, you know. And we were trying to rob him, you know, not just because he was gay, but he was like in that neighborhood, and we were like, you know, but you could tell that he was. He was gay, he was flamboyant, and I don't have nothing against gay people at all, you know. Uh, but y'all but got the, served. <laughs> we got served. We got our ass whooped by this dude, man. And it was like, it was crazy. It was unbelievable. And it was like, you know, and I can't say who was with me because we all swore to never speak <laughs> about it. Like, yeah, we were like, yeah, that didn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, we can't tell anybody that we just yeah. went over and got beat up by a gay dude trying to rob him. You know what I'm saying? But. That was one of my stories for stories since we were talking about that from the youth. And I got a lot of stories on, on the Muni bus. I did a little tagging, you know, as every kid did. You know, they used to call me Ace when I was little. Spent a lot of time riding the Muni bus because, you know, like I said, my, my, my home structure wasn't, you know, um, the best, you know, wasn't the worst. You know, that I have knowledge of the world. I used to think it was the worst. But once you get knowledge of the world, man, you realize, like, it's not that bad. Like, you know, you know, I had a rough, you know, but I never had to walk 10 miles with clean water or nothing of that nature. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but I used to I used to be out a lot. I used to run away from home a lot. You know, not necessarily just run away from home. I just didn't go home. You know, hanging out with, with, with the homies, sleeping in a lot of abandoned buildings. We had a, a, a bando on Geneva Mission. That used to be ours. We all used to sleep in there a lot. We spent a lot of time sleeping on buses, sleeping on the BART. You know, a lot of um, a lot of fights on the BART, a lot of arguing with bus drivers, causing havoc, being young kids, you know, up and down, you, you know. And, you know, that's why I, a lot of the stuff that's going on today has been happening. It's just now we got phones with cameras and social media, so that's been exposed. You know, I've been beat up by the police before in San Francisco. Nobody got that on film, you know what I mean? So it's just a story in the wind. They dumped me behind the garbage can at General Hospital, you know, uh, when I was like uh, 18 years old. Just coming back from Glen Mills, you know. Um, uh, but I was, you know, I'm not bashing the SFPD or not. I was uh, doing stuff I shouldn't have been doing. That don't mean it was okay for them to do what they did. They shouldn't have done it, you know what I mean? That's why they dumped me and skirted off, you know. But, you know, I was also in the life, you know, stuff of that nature. That was Uncle Damien. Check back Thursday for part two, when Damien will talk about his transformation into a positive advocate for youth and his gig, Uncle Damien Speaks. Music for the podcast is by Otis McDonald. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Find all 80-plus episodes on our website, storiedsf.com. And while you're there, you can also help support this project by going to our store page and checking out the different pledge levels. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date on everything we do. 
If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show for us. If you have ideas of who should be on the show, our email is storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>